Top Shelf Fantasy. Alrighty, Shelfies. We are back in action. Podcast number 262. We got Top Shelf Fantasy coming at you again. Me and Scotty. What is today? Thursday, August 24th. We have sleepers, maybe some other stuff, busts, breakouts, who knows, depending on what we have time for. We'll get you some good stuff. As always, follow us on TopShelfFantasy.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TopShelfFNTSY. All of these picks that we talk about today will be up there. So are our rankings, uh, strength of schedule, bye weeks, all that good stuff is on the website already. Team stats. Yada, yada, yada. Go on the website. Check it out. Um, what else do I have? Oh, Listener League. Be sure to hit us up one way or another and make sure you get your entry in for the potential to join the last spot available in our Listener League. We talked about it on the previous podcast. We'll probably end up picking names out of a hat very shortly to fill that. We have our draft coming up next week. Whew. Scotty, how you doing? I'm feeling great. Um, watching a fantastic Thursday night week three preseason game with all backups in so we're doing pretty good good old fantasy football any day now all of our leagues will be drafted we can start doing our lineups and not watching backups play that's all i need in life yeah and we'll get to some news which is why drafting early is fun but also (laughs) sucks when your high round picks get hurt speaking of jerry judy Carted off the field today with what they're calling a hamstring injury. Whether it's a strain, pulled tear, who knows yet. He is expected to miss, quote, several weeks. We'll see. Uh, That puts his week one availability in very, very unclear territory. Um, We've seen this so many times before. I think we talked about it earlier. Keenan Allen just last year got hurt around the same time and missed eight weeks and was kind of ineffective his first couple weeks back. Tried to come back, got hurt again. You hope that's not the future for Jerry Judy. You hope he takes the right amount of time, gets the right treatment, and is on the field sooner rather than later, especially for all those leagues that have already drafted because that sucks. I mean, he's a, what, third, fourth round pick, maybe even earlier, depending on the league format. And now he's yeah, gone for yeah. a while. And he might be someone's uh, breakout player of the year. We'll get <laughs> to that. I'm going to get to do it. Do do our picks. Yeah, just uh, that's an absolutely brutal injury for. I mean, we talk about every year that those soft tissue hamstring type injuries stick with a guy, and it just doesn't seem to go away for the duration of the season, and sometimes lingers even longer than that. So, uh, Jerry Judy again, unfortunate for anybody who has him, anybody who had him in di- or has him in dynasty, you've been suffering through something every year, um, and. This seemed to be the year he was going to break out, and, and uh, not not so much anymore, but we'll talk about that as we go on. Um, in other news, the Browns traded Josh Dobbs to the Cardinals for a fifth-round pick today, and simultaneously the Cardinals traded away their former 2020 first-round pick, Isaiah Simmons, to the Giants for a seventh-round pick in 2024. So they're bringing guys in. They're letting guys go. I don't understand their moves. Um but what it says to me more than anything is that the Browns have some faith in their backup quarterback behind Deshaun Watson, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's looked good in preseason. Seems to be looking good in camp. They just don't need Josh Dobbs, I guess, which is uh, get what you can for him, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, another part of this is they cut 
quote unquote cut Kellen Bond mm. today. Then after the trade, like, uh, you know what, just stay. You'll be that third <laughs> string. Like, what a world win day for Kellen Mond. <laughs> Kellen Mond's like, I just packed all my stuff. I was ready to leave. Yeah, I just sold my Cleveland. apartment. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just broke the lease, man. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, uh, the so, Cardinals yeah. also traded a lineman t- today, too. Yeah, I forget his name. Josh Jones or something. Something so, Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget where. They're in the middle of some sort of weird identity crisis, um, but scary. Who cares? Moving on. Trey Lance uh, officially named the third string quarterback, or I guess Sam Darnold was officially named the second string quarterback or the backup, which by default makes Trey Lance the third stringer. Um, and now all the rumors about a trade are kind of starting to pick up steam. I've heard Vikings. I've postulated about other teams like Atlanta. I've, you know, spun conjecture as much as I possibly could. Uh, it's it's tricky. Like uh, the valuations coming out from some random San Francisco beat writer was uh, a day three pick is trade Lance's value, which is a massive uh, fall from the three first rounders they spent to to acquire him in the first place. And then on top of that, you have to remember, he has that 20 million dollar dead cap hit whenever he's traded. So if you're going to be eating that much, it, it's almost like you'd rather just have them in the event that Purdy and Darnold and whoever else is there to play quarterback go down. And then you just put Trey Lance out there. But at the same time, you, you got to get something for him. If you're, you're not going to keep him, you're not, definitely not going to put him on a fifth year option. So he's walking after this season. Or, yeah. yeah this season. And, and this is third year. So they would have him for one oh, two more. Year, okay. And yeah. then have the option after that. Yeah, so um, I mean, at some point, you just cut bait and get what you can. Yeah, so they're pretty much already placed Brin Brin Allen as their QB three. Yeah, on on the uh, team, and you know, p- people that have Trey Lance and Dynasty, like, all right, sweet, like he'll get traded. Like, oh, Vikings sick. So he's not going to overtake. Like, I saw someone's like, oh, they could trade him, and like a fifth. For Kirk Cousins, I'm like to Kirk Cousins, sit behind. I'm like, you guys forget Kirk Cousins is one of the best NFL quarterbacks in the league. Like, <laughs> wherever he goes, his best case is to be QB two in the team right now. Like, he goes to Atlanta, he's not beating on Desmond Ritter at all. Maybe yeah, next year, sure. He's behind like, Ritter, and, and quite honestly, he's possibly behind Taylor Heineke. Yeah, like you, you're. It's so funny. I was, yeah, he's finally out of the shadow. Like, it, it, it's you're hoping, you're hoping that he's QB two in a team, and yeah. that's that that's asking a lot. I think he's not going to start this year. Like, even oh, the Bucks should get him. It's like, no, the Bucks, he still Bucks wouldn't start. Yeah, got Baker and they can just fucking tank for Caleb. Like, the, there's no point to have him in there. There's he's a team like like if I was like Philly and I had the cap space, I'd have to take a look at the numbers. I'd bring in Trey Lance. And have Trey Lance and Marcus Mariota duke it out for who's going to run my gadget plays every once I in a while. I just rather Mariota, and I'd rather Mariota. Yeah, yeah he's, he's done it more because he's been there in so many offenses. Like yeah. he knows what's what to run and what to do. Like he's one of the best backups in the league. Like yeah, it, it just I mean, me and Dick yelling him in one dynasty league and the trades we were getting beginning of last season. Oh. I wish. wish we fucking took him, man. Like two first. Now it's like you're hoping to get a fourth for him in Dynasty. Like it, it's just how it, 
I don't know if I've, I've ever seen a worse selection in my entire life with what they had to get up for. Like as past fans, like oh, we have the Nikhil Harry experience, like that sucked. God, and the San Fran fans must feel like shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's brutal. I mean, oh, they they could have three other first round caliber. Do you know what players. those end up being? All those picks? No. Not off the top of my head. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. Uh, because of course, like they traded yeah. those picks they got for unreal. Those three are fucking you put, superb. You put fucking those players in the NFL. Put those three guys on Sam Fran and it's with just like, Debo like, and Ayuk. Yeah, fair. And you <laughs> add you, and you add Chubb to that defense, or you don't, and you keep the pick and draft yeah. Penny Sewell. And, you, and, yeah. you, and you're fucking golden forever. And you yeah. don't just fucking have Trey Lance. Um, I mean, uh, George Kittle block every single player in, <laughs> in the entire world. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's mind blowing, but like fantasy wise, like you wanted that guy. It's just the same reason that we all want Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. The ceiling is so high and it was with Trey, but I mean, it happens that draft class, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Him and Zach Wilson. <laughs> what fucking bus of, picks in the nfl yeah and it's like we've seen we've at least seen zach wilson look semi-competent here and there like trey lance i've just never yeah. seen it out of like that just never so i mean oh, it's, he it's, throws different a deep it's different sample sizes too to be fair to trey lance mm-hmm. but um yeah I, I mean i heard the same the same rumors like oh the, they should trade him to minnesota like he's not gonna beat kirk cousins and if you think kirk cousins is getting sent back to San Fran, you're high off your tits. He may not beat Nick Mullins or Kellen right. Mond for for that fact. Like, where's Nathan Peterman right now? Can he? He could be the. He could beat. He well, could beat him. That's the thing. <laughs> Where Peterman is, go there. Hopefully, he'd be him out. But for some <laughs> reason, Peterman's in the league still. Yeah, that's high risk, high reward. Um, yeah, big news, yeah. big news, big news. The other um, big news, yeah, big news, big news. Uh, I'll take it. I want it. JT. That's it. Trade Jonathan Taylor. Man. Trade rumors are heating up. Um, asked for a trade. Team said they wouldn't trade him. Then come out this week saying, yeah, yeah. He's allowed to seek a trade. Um, and JT has a no trade clause, if I'm not mistaken. Even with his r- rookie contract? Yeah. You can do that still? Okay. Yeah, because I, I read I read a story earlier today. They're like, He's going to be able to dictate the value if he doesn't go where he wants to go. He'll just say, no, I'm not going. But to me, like... Why wouldn't you want to go anywhere else but Colts? <laughs> like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. I, it, there's not a lot of destinations that are, like, super appealing to me. Because anywhere else that he goes, they already have running backs. So right. I, <laughs> it's, it's weird timing for all of this to come out. And then on top of that, wherever he goes, that team is trading for one year of a potentially unhappy JT if you don't immediately then sign him to a long-term expensive deal. So all you're doing is trading assets away for the right to be the team that makes a mistake and pays a running back in this NFL landscape. So it, it just seems like it's very, very unlikely that to me that a trade even happens. And I, I, I don't know. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm I'm worried that JT sits the season out, and I have him in a dynasty league, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I mean it's the same kind of thing with Devin Cook that we've talked about it for, I mean, 
six months now. Wherever he goes, it's it will not be the same as what he was in Minnesota. The, the value goes down. He goes to, of course, for JT, Dolphins are are the big team because they tried for Cook. They tried, you know, they want to bring someone else in. They get him. It's like cool, but you have. Devonation, um, Jeff Wilson, Mostert, like J two would be the best one there by far. But those guys are going to be used. Yeah, regardless. and my guess would be if you could work a trade out with Miami, hopefully some of those guys go to Indy. You like send Jeff maybe, Wilson yeah, or Jeff Mostert Wilson back. and yep. Mostert, or even both of them, and then you just now Miami rolls with JT and Ashan. Like, okay, I wouldn't. I do think that. Miami would still want to back like Mostert. Yeah, oh, I, Wilson I agree. Instead of. Not instead, but with the Sean JT, Godfrey JT gets pissed off. Yeah. Oh, you, you didn't send me long term and hold out here now. Right, exactly. Um, so it, it's so hard to say, but like Miami is one of the few teams that even remotely makes sense. Like Arizona's tanking, Atlanta's not going to do it because of Bijan. Like Baltimore has 800 running backs, as is Chicago has their running backs pretty set. Um, Dallas is all set at running back. I mean, I guess you could you could postulate that Dallas makes a deal. But I don't think they have the money to pay what JT wants, and they're not going. If they weren't going to pay uh, Paul or anything but the tag, I don't see them giving JT a huge extension either. So um, the Eagles are set at running back. Uh, how many more teams should I do? <laughs> like they're they're all set. The Giants are set at running back. They're not going to do Saquon and JT in the same backfield. He's not going to go to the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just don't know what I like. And on draft last week, it, it, it's a 10-team, two-QB league, so guys, you know, guys fall probably around, give or take. Um, both JT and Jacobs went in the end of the fourth. It was one of those things where, like, the fourth round came and it's like, uh, who's picking them? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I just want to stay away from. Like, it could be a steal. It could be an absolute hit. Um. But if it's not, it, it you blew such a high pick on a guy that's not going to play. Imagine if the Raiders just went absolute cuck status and uh, traded for JT and then just were like, fuck you, Josh Jacobs. Sorry, you're out, bud. Makes no sense to me. No, that would, <laughs> but, it would never happen, but it'd be hilarious. Same, like the same player. Yeah. <laughs> that um, both yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're both wicked pissed. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's weird. He could go to the Rams, but the Rams aren't in a position to compete. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. We can get into some funny news. Yes. The Vikings released Nikhil Harry today. You don't say. Nobody don't could have seen say. this coming. I, I can't believe that. He must have had a bad practice at blocking. Yeah, because, like, hey, you're here for... You're here to block. You're not here for separation, mind you. Yeah, he was like, can somebody throw me a pass? And he, they were like, go sit with the offensive lineman, you bum. Shut it's up. Like, Dude, you can't beat out our fifth-string cornerback. <laughs> he's so bad. So he is. Bad. He's he's, he's going to be just about done in the NFL. I mean, unless he, he pulls one of the uh, the wide receiver tight end conversions and he can make it stick. Um, and I just think he's too soft to do that. Um He's great at blocking cornerbacks. He doesn't have any business blocking linebackers. Um, I don't see it happening for him. I think his his career is about done. Yeah, I uh, agree. All right, joining us in some uh, picks. Yeah, the fun stuff. 
Been waiting all fucking month. Sleepers. Start with sleepers. Sleepers. I'm so friggin' tired. Um, my number one sleeper. I don't know if I should say number one because I don't necessarily believe that one guy is more of a sleeper than the other. But I'm going to go with Michael Gallup first. And most of my sleeper argument here is predicated on ADP data, which has Gallup slotting in as the 60th wide receiver off the board in half PPR formats, which puts him at 164th uh, overall as overall players off the board. And I just don't see a world where he doesn't outperform that ranking. Now, He'd have to do it considerably to be a real hit as a sleeper. I'd say he has to finish as like wide receiver three to four somewhere in that gap. So if you go 60 to like 48, that's a, that's a 12 spot gap. I mean, that's, that's decent. Um, I mean, I'd like to see him finish as a wide receiver three. And I think a lot of the reason that he's fallen so, so deep down drafts is not only the lack of production that he's shown over the last couple seasons, but also the introduction of Brandon cooks into the offense. And, And I understand that that's giving a lot of people hesitation and I don't really necessarily even blame them. I think Brandon cooks is a fantastic player that does, you know, uh, demand his own share of the targets. But what I'm more focused on is the departure of Dalton Schultz. And I think that opens such a big, um, a big window for Gallup to succeed in something that he hasn't quite done in the NFL to this point. And now I know CD lamb eats in the slot, but he saw 164, I want to say targets last year it's hard to imagine that going much higher and you have Dalton Schultz freeing up over a hundred targets last season. So if those hundred targets are dispersed, even with Brandon cooks getting his fair share, if Michael Gallup can develop his intermediate route running game and, and kind of take over some of the looks from those different areas, I think he has plenty of opportunity in this offense to be an impact player. Now, number one, he has to stay healthy. That's the biggest one. And then number two, he has to catch the ball when it's thrown to him. But I think for the duration of his career, he's been asked to do stuff that he doesn't necessarily excel at, which is like beating people outside on fade routes. And while we see him make these kind of insane catches every once in a while, I think he'd be better suited as a, a route runner for what he is as a player versus Brandon Cooks, who can bomb down the field at light speed. So I think these guys with Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup, I think they're all very, very capable of gelling together. And without having like a lights out tight end there, I don't expect them to kind of slot in and do what Dalton Schultz did either. I think it's going to be more of a, a Michael Gallup closer to the line of scrimmage type route uh, route tree that, that gets it done for him. So we'll see, but I think he has plenty of opportunity to way outperform wide receiver 60 on the season. Red zone monster. That too. Gallup. That that too. And if that. you, if you imagine that CD lamb is doubled in the red zone, and Brandon Cooks is too small to compete in the red zone. Michael Gallup's your your number one target, especially like you said, without Schultz. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if Jake Fer- Ferguson can take a some yeah, of that. And I, but... and I think Ferguson should see probably fifty targets this year. Yep, it's fair. and who knows though? When Dalton Schultz was brand new to the team, we said, "Oh, who is this guy? He probably won't do much." And then, bada bing, bada boom, here he is, Jason Witten. Same thing. Who's this slow white guy? He probably won't do much. Paul yeah. I'm here. Draft Blake Jarwin. I just, <laughs> I just pick the wrong Cowboys tight end every year. Um, all right. I'll start with one of my sleepers. Um, it's a chief player. It's a running back. Can you guess it? No, it's not CEH. Fuck him. <laughs> it's Jarek McKinnon. Scotty says fuck CEH. We traded for last week. For, for a third rounder. Come on. <laughs> 14 team league, mind you. 
Um, yeah, McKinnon, I was as a sleeper. Um, Dows, could you pull up his ADP while I uh, I can't talk about this guy. So we saw with the Chiefs last year the whole you know CH was RB like three or four in the season the first four weeks. Great to watch. Slowly declined before he got hurt slash before the Pacheco takeover. Um, so I think like that was kind of a mess with the Chiefs offense. Like, do we do CH? Do we do Pacheco? McKinnon's still there. Once Pacheco took over around week 10 and CH was hurt, it was pretty much like, all right, Pacheco's our, you know, between the tackles guy. McKinnon's going to be the guy on third down. Plus to pass block. Pacheco's not a pass block. He's one of the worst pass blockers in the entire NFL. So if you're on a team with Patrick Mahomes, you have he's going to have McKinnon out there more often than not when it matters the most. Um, from week 10 on last season, uh, McKinnon half point PPR was RB7 um, overall. Sure, a lot of that came with touchdowns, but that's what McKinnon does for you. He's in the red zone. We we saw CH begin the season, get those, you know, little trick play touchdowns to boost his fancy stats. McKinnon did that plus more. Like he's he's more reliable. He's safer. He's he's trusted more in the red zone as a pass blocker on third down. He's going to be, be on the field a lot. And w- with a team like Mahomes, who's running. RB43 ADP. RB43 ADP. Um, so I, I have him as RB31 ranked on the season. I kind of have to as a sleeper aspect of it. I just think that him being ranked, you know, close to a back end handcuff, which he's not. This is my biggest point. He's not a handcuff to Pacheco. Handcuff to Pacheco is probably CH or uh, Prince, the rookie there. McKinnon is his own role in the offense. This is why you you can draft both McKinnon and Pacheco, arguably on your same team if you're you know if you do the zero RB strategy. But he has his own role there, and the fact that he's ADP forty three is mind blowing to me. RB7 from week 10 on. He scored every single week from week 13 on. A few of those were double-digit touchdowns. Like, you know, you're going to say, well, that's not going to happen again. But why not? Yeah. Like, why why won't that happen again? If it's going to be the same exact thing as last year, and you got rid of Juju Smith-Schuster for the targets. Sure, you got a few guys there that are fun. Like, you know, maybe Justin Ross, Rishi Rice, Sky Moore take a step up. But still, I'm if I'm Mahomes, I'm trusting the guy that's been there with me for the last three years. So, at ADP 43, I think is mind-blowing. Overall, last season, even a very bad start for the first 10 weeks, finishes RB21. I'm not even counting week 10 on. So, RB21, I'm not saying is his floor. Probably RB31 is his floor, but ADP RB43 is mind-blowing to me. So, if you can get McKinnon as, as a bench stash, I think that's an absolute win this season in redraft leagues. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't disagree with anything anything you're spitting at me there. So, um, let's see. I have him at 47, so we'll see who's right. Craig has him at 41, almost dialed into ADP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, my other one is Rashad Bateman. 
the wide receiver out of Baltimore. Um, when I wrote up my write-up, he was ADP wide receiver 51. He has since dropped to 52 somehow. Um, I don't quite get it, especially when we did these write-ups. We were talking about a lot of dynasty leagues, and he is currently being drafted after his rookie teammate, Zay Flowers, who is currently wide receiver 49, and Odell Beckham, who is currently wide receiver 45. So let me let me double check those numbers to see if they've moved at all. Odell still 45 and Zay Flowers is 47. So um, they're staying pretty static while – oh, no, Zay Flowers went up a little bit. So they're staying but still fairly static, only a couple spots, while Rashad Bateman is, is, is trending down. Now, as I said, Dynasty, Zay Flowers wants to go earlier or seems a little bit higher because of um, drafts like that. Fine. I, I completely get that. Uh, you're going to draft the younger guy earlier. But what Rashad Bateman's shown you, at least when healthy on the field, is that he's a legit wide receiver one. Now, being healthy on the field is the, the has been the problem for, for Rashad Bateman. But I don't understand certainly how Odell Beckham goes over him, but I also don't understand how, how people aren't seeing this value. Now, if he if it's because he's on the pup still or, or you know, he's still battling back from an injury, so people are a little bit worried that he's gonna be ready for week one. Like, okay, but if he's out on the field, there's no doubt in my mind that he outperforms a a wide receiver 51 ADP. I mean, to be a wide receiver four on the team, he only needs to climb three spots. But uh, I think it's it's well within the realm of possibility that he ends up the season probably as a back end wide receiver, two. So within, let's say, the top 24 wide receivers, Um, we're talking about a Baltimore Ravens offense that is fully shifted and is probably going to pass the ball a lot more. You see Lamar Jackson function as a lot more of a pocket passer than he has in the past. And with that happening, Rashad Bateman should find some extra space to work alongside some much more talented wide receivers in, you know, in, uh, in the same wide receiver room as him for the first time ever, you know, it's so far in his career, it's been Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and like Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. And while James Prochet is a God, among men, if you ask Dickie, um, that he's really not a good wide receiver. So if you actually get some talent, it could, could create a, a little bit more opportunity for a guy like Bateman to work in some space and make some plays happen. Um, for me, I, I mean, I'm drafting Bateman. I actually added an update uh, uh, update here. I got him with the second pick of the 11th round in a 12-team Superflex league. Um, that's in the Red Dog League. So Pretty competitive hometown league. Got him in the 11th round. I would bet my bottom dollar he ends up outperforming that. But when he came that deep and I was like, I have him as as a sleeper, I, I have to take him. I have to take him there and put my money where my mouth is. So at least while you're listening to this, you know I'm bought in on my own picks. I also own Michael Gallup in a dynasty league, despite me desperately trying to trade him. But that's salary related. That's not Michael Gallup's performance related. Yeah, I mean, someone there's got to hit. And like, I mean, they all could, to be honest, with the new offense. Um, and so back to McKinnon, I want to take him in my draft last week. <laughs> I was taking him like, you know, for drinking all day. Like, fuck, I already have three Kansas City Chiefs players. <laughs> like, I, I want him so bad. But like, I can't. I'd have no one to play. That that bye week, <laughs> if I had oh, all yeah. these guys, and then like, true. damn it, like I had Pacheco, I had Tony, I had Kelsey early. I'm like, I want it so bad, but like, 
at that point, it's like, you can't be like, I'm proud. I'm going to do it. Like you got a tilt that's going to help your team, you know, overall. Yeah. At least, you know, it's a good team to buy into with the chiefs. You know, it's not yeah, like it was, you bought it, into the Cardinals this year. Yeah. I, I, I got, I got like teeth. Oh, you have three chiefs. I'm like, Oh, cool. I have three players on the best NFL team in the end. Yeah. We've seen in a long time. Leads Great. the, uh, I'll, leads the NFL in total day. touchdowns on offense every single season. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. go ahead and take that chance. Yep, Just sure. go ahead and I'll change your team name to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you're fine. Then nobody can make fun of you. I almost did, <laughs> but they still would have made fun of me. Um, all <laughs> right, my my last sleeper is Antonio Gibson, which is a complete 180 from last year. He was my bust of the year last year. It hit, um, not as great as I thought it would hit. I I was huge on Brian Robinson. I still like Brian Robinson, but um, you know him getting shot well. Last year, Gibson, you know, started the season pretty hot, uh, three double digit weeks in a row just to start the year. I think Robinson hit back week five or six. After that, his snap percentage went down because I think the team's like, all right, Robinson's our guy. Like he's back. Gibson, you know, sit on the bench. But Robinson didn't really show them that much, didn't show me that much to start. Um, I know he just came back from a, you know, gunshot wound so you know I, I i give him the benefit of the doubt but the team kind of saw like all right we need antonio gibson to play more so when the snap percentage dropped to the 26 percentile range um then crept back up to 30 39 36 and eventually back to you know like the the, the high 40s uh mid 50s he was not unreal but like as a quote-unquote backup to Brian Robinson, you got, you know, 15-point game, 17-5, oh, uh, 13-11, But, I mean, he didn't end that well, but, again, it's the, it's, it's the commanders, and there's no point for them to really play for the end of the year. Um, I just think he, I mean, what, uh, five, uh, five, t- five touchdowns, Overall on the season, two came in, in in the first three weeks. Fitness is RB thirty one of the year as a backup. Like I said, his ADP is RB thirty five this year. So you're he's being drafted well below his floor. If his floor is RB thirty one with a thirty percent snap share when Brian Robinson was there. I don't know why not taking him at, at RB35. I, I, I think at produces Brian Robinson. He can do more. He's lining up, up in the slot a lot more in camp, which is actually his position in college, which makes a lot of fucking sense. Um, just to, you know, top that too, Terry McLaurin's got turf toe. So with that, you're going to see, you know, Gibson line up more in the slot with Joe and, you know, Dawson, the, the outside. Other than Dawson, you can say Damian Brown, but like, come on. Um, I do like I Curtis think, Samuel there still, but yeah. right, all right, you're, you're yeah, that's you're no I, larger. I did forget that. Yep. So yeah, um, he's a guy that you can pick up, but he should have been one of my picks. He's friggin' buried in he's uh, my new drafts, my new uh dart throw. Nice. Who the fuck knows? But um, I just think with what, what McKinney can do, um, uh, in the passing game, not even out of the backfield, if he's lining up as on the slaughter anywhere on the field, which he can do. Um, I think it, it's an absolute steal at the ADP RB thirty five. His first two seasons in the NFL, 
RB11 both years and half point PPR. That's fucking insane. He's shown you what he can do as an RB, not even even as a wide receiver. Like he's not even really catching that many. I mean, 36, 42. That's all right. That's pretty good. But that can even go up. Yeah, it's also a function of J.D. McKissick having been there and doing a lot of that. Absolutely. For, for Absolutely. Now. Yeah. And now he, he's gone trying to make it back for, for some reason. Um, but it's just one of those like he's not going to be like, all right, he's RB11. No. RB24 to 26, I, I think, is a huge hit if he's being drafted as an RB35. Hell, RB28 as a top flux guy. I think that, that that's a hit as a sleeper. Like, you get this guy as a bench running back and you redraft leagues, and he is probably going to take over your flex, maybe RB2 spot uh, mid-year. Yeah, I mean, I never lost faith in Gibson, even with the the Bijan, I mean, not the Bijan, the, uh, the Brian Robinson rumors last year and the, you know, he's doing special teams in, in practice and in camp rumors. I mean, I was still a believer. I showed you the trade that I sent, uh, I sent Mersh before for multiple first round picks for, uh, well, it was for the entire backfield for, for Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson at the same time, but kind of glad he didn't accept it. But, um, you know, at the time I was looking at it going, he's RB, like you said, RB 11 back-to-back seasons. He's a producer. And I think he's only scratched the surface of what he can actually contribute to, to an NFL team and to your fantasy team as, you know, as a result. So I love this pick. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say a guarantee, but to, for him to, to outperform his ADP, I think is, is, nearly a lock like you said with playing a backup role and and outperforming it last season essentially um how can you think that he won't as a starter yeah and like worst comes to worst it's a miss and he finishes rb33 it's like okay you got him where he drafted him that's fine like you take it all day yeah 100 percent. all right um that's our sleepers for the the uh the year unless they could hurt like my breakouts, but um, Dows, you can take your uh, first breakout of the season. My first breakout of the season, I'm going to go with Rashad white. Uh, I really, really like Rashad white this season. He was RB 36 last year in half PPR. And I think he's just due for an absolute uh, stunner of the year this year. Like, there's no Leonard Fournette there that he has to split with. There's really nobody behind him that I'm threatened by, like Chase Edmonds or anybody else for that matter. Um, I, I think in a team that's going to be helmed by either Baker Mayfield or uh, Kyle Trask, neither one is going to be throwing the ball so much that Rashad White won't be heavily involved in the running game. And even if they do decide to throw the ball, I think a lot of it's going to be checked down to the running back. And White can do both these things. He can run up the middle. And he can flex out and catch the ball. I don't see a way he doesn't finish as at least an RB2. And I think his ceiling is even higher. His ceiling could be a back-end RB1 with a floor of RB2. So um, I'm stoked on this kid. I've been trying to trade for him and buy as many shares as I can. I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, I, I just think what he offers your fantasy team from where you can draft him um, – which is right now a, a, like RB 27 ish last I checked ADPs. Um, if you can draft him there, he's, he's poised to outperform that and he could outperform that by, you know, leaps and bounds. He could, he could easily be twice as good as the spot that you draft him in, which means you're getting 
uh, an RB one or maybe an RB a high end RB two where you should be getting flex plays. And if that's the case, I mean, that, that could be, you know, a league winner at your draft. We, we say all the time, you cannot win your fantasy league at the draft, but if you get this guy and he drops a little bit and you pick him up and he has a great season, then I think the argument can be made that you did, you did in fact win your league at your draft. Yeah. And there's a few guys around that range too. If you want to talk about like James cook as well, but like there's no one behind him. Like everyone's, Oh, Sean, Sean Tucker got, you know, first, first team reps today at camp. Okay. Like why wouldn't you, you know, bring your backup running back to play the starters. Like, God forbid, why it goes down. Like, I think people take those hype things like, oh, Sean, Sean Tucker's going to overtake R- Rashad White. That's not the case at all. Like, Tucker's probably a great a great handcuff, but that's about it. Like, I love Rashad White this year. I, th- I, I think he's, it's, it's very rare to have a back in the NFL that can do it all. Um, and of course, the, Bucks are gonna be a shit team, but it's the same thing with I like James Connor a lot. There's someone oh, yeah. that's got to run, someone that's got to score, and it's it's Rashad White. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, like it's not it's not Chase Edmonds, and it's not Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean it's, Taco, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's it's <laughs> it's Rashad White. You saw what he showed last year. No reason to expect regression at all. So, um. I mean, I'm stoked. I think if you have Rashad White, we should be talking because I want him. Yeah, I was pissed. I was I last week. I, I think I was like a pick before me. He got stolen. I was I was so pissed. Damn it! I could have had like RB two in like the fucking eighth round. Unreal. All right. Um, my breakout of the year. I'll take the healthy one to start. I know Dallas took his healthy one too. Our second ones are both hurt right now, but we're so uh, sick of do it. Um, it took me a long time to to find a breakout because I think I was texting Dallas like that was my last one to write. I get, I got to find one last one. I can't do an easy one like you know <laughs> Yahoo or like ESPN or like you know Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Those are obvious ones. So I did. did Damian Pierce, um, last month, I, I would never have picked this guy at all. But, you know, why the hell not? He's probably going around, again, I don't know his ADP, Dallas, but by the time I'm talking, can you look it up? Um, but Pierce last year was a, I mean, a massive steal in drafts. Uh, it, it, it sucked at the, at the end of last year. He got hurt. He could have played, but it's the Texans. They were tanking. Why bring him back? It makes no sense. Uh, first couple of weeks, first two weeks. Damian Pierce, actually, RB 18. 18, okay. So breakout, he's got to finish as a top 12. I think that, I think that's yeah. fair. Okay. Um, I won't rank him there, but I'm just saying it's, he's got the potential to, to uh, do that. But the first two weeks last year, uh, the snap percentage was very low week one, uh, 29 uptick to 62 week two, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but that was, they're using a lot of Rex Burkhead. Um, don't, don't know why, but so I kind of start his season at week three in fantasy in my mind and go to week 14, the the game he actually got hurt, which I didn't play the entire game. Um, so from week three, 
to week 14, he was running back 13 in half PPR. Uh, he's not catching a, a lot of balls. I mean, I mean, 30 receptions in 13 games isn't bad for a guy that you didn't think could catch the ball at all. Um, and in those weeks, I mean, you th- you th- think like, oh, okay, it's probably because, you know, he piled on t- touchdowns. He only had four touchdowns. It's not like it, like he, he was just like getting goal line work, like a Garrett Blunt-esque kind of thing. Like the guy was r- r- running hard on a crappy team with a crappy offensive line, and he was getting it done. This year, Burkhead's gone. They bring in Singletary, and now people think Singletary might still work. He will. I, he'll be in, involved for sure, but like Damon Harris last year, you know, he had games where he was on the field 76% of the time. Like, that's massive for a running back. And the fact that they only brought in Singletary shows you a lot, I think, for Damon Pierce. They could have brought in anyone else. They could have, they could still bring Torrent Hunt, and they're not even like tied to JT or the Devin Cooks. Back then, like Zeke Elliott, they're not even tied to any of those guys. So they believe in Damon Pierce. I think he is a guy that's kind of like pushed on draft boards a bit just because they don't believe, like, oh, it's a one hit wonder. It's a Texans that he sucks. But I mean, if you're looking at the RBs from last season as rookies, you get him, Ken Walker, Brees Hall. I mean, gun to my head. ADP wise, right now, who who are you taking? It's Damian Pierce. I, I'm not reaching for Brees Hall. Ken Walker scares me with Charbonnet. Pierce, again, one of the only three down backs in the league. Yeah, not I, the greatest, mind you. But I mean, if you're on the field for almost seventy percent of the snaps, and you're getting a three down role, that opportunity is key. Absolutely, Vo- volume. I always say I, it. volume is key, baby. I do think I might go Brees Hall given those selections, but I get your point. Um, but I'm, I'm the saying, value is there. All I'm not saying Pierce, Pierce yeah. finishing higher than Brees Hall. Right, I'm right. just saying where you're drafting them. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, like, I don't. Disagree. I would re- rather wait till round eight, nine, and get yeah. Pierce. Oh, because you might have to reach at overall pick six to get Brees Hall, depending on your league. How right. crazy your your friends are. Yeah. So. Um, Top twelve might be pushing it, but I think he has the potential to uh, get there. And he's your he's you're drafting him as late RB two flex guy, so I think it's a win overall. Hundo P, uh, I'm going to do the second breakouts. Or sorry, the uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. second breakouts. Yep, the injured guys. We'll talk yeah, about injured class. Uh, my second breakout was not injured when I made this pick, but he is now. Um, Jackson Smith in Jigba, he recently um had surgery on his wrist they're saying three to four week timetable um could be sooner could be later who knows uh it all probably depends on his own personal recovery i'm not gonna choose to be too too worried about this i just think that there comes a time every so often where there is a wide receiver who is going to show up in his rookie year and dominate and we've seen it in the past couple of years we've seen it out of jamar chase we've seen it out of justin jefferson i mean for the love of god we've seen it out of um uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like they're just guys that show up and they they put on an, an absolute exhibition. And I, I think this is a guy that's very capable of doing that. And right now, 
Uh, JSN has his ADP sitting at wide receiver. It's actually 37. It's down one spot from when I wrote this at wide receiver 36, which I think is respectable um, for for a rookie wide receiver who people are often very cautious on and don't want to rank too high because they don't want to be the guy that overhypes someone and then they miss on horribly. But I'm going to be the one that gets uh, you know carried away and 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 overhypes him and ranks him too high. But I think assuming he recovers from this injury and maybe misses one or two weeks that he is in line to dethrone Tyler Lockett in that offense. And Tyler Lockett becomes the odd man out. I think there's, you know, still plenty of looks to go around and how Tyler Lockett's probably going to end up as a wide receiver four on the season, but I think it's going to be DK and um, JSN here leading the way as, as the young bucks in the offense doing most of the damage. And I just think uh, JSN's ability is what sets him apart. He's, you know, absolutely dynamic. He's got crisp route running. He can get separation on pretty much any any uh, route he decides to run. And he's got the speed on the field to uh, to separate as well, even if it's just a fly pattern. And Geno Smith had showed last year that he has no problem taking shots and throwing the ball around. And he did it at almost 70% completion percentage. So um, you bundle all this together, plus you have an offense that can run it, can throw it, can run play action, pretty much can do anything they want at a high level. And, and I'm ready to buy in fully on JSN. I drafted him in another league and I'm intending to start him uh week in and week out, assuming that he's healthy. So um yeah, I think, I think he's poised to just burst on the scene at a hundred miles an hour, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Now I don't know if he's going to give you the, the chase and Jefferson numbers because he's not instantly the alpha dog in his offense. And I think DK will continue to play that alpha role, but in a Seattle offense that has a lot of yardage and a lot of touchdowns to go around, I think you can have not two alphas, but definitely a one, a one B wide receiver type. I love JSN. Sam. I'm pissed. He got hurt, but uh, his injuries might come out week one. It sounds like it's, it's, it's very. Yeah. They're saying minor fracture in his wrist that he already had surgery on. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to not be too worried. Yep. My next guy, a uh, little more worrisome. I picked uh, Jerry Judy. Of course, we wrote this a <laughs> uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, pulled his hamstring. Was it today? Today. Yeah, yeah today. With the news. Yeah. So we talked about that several weeks. Um, you're hoping a week three, four return. God for fucking bid. But I can't really change it right now because um, breakouts are kind of hard to you know come by. But... Uh, Dallas had him last year as a breakout. Um, pretty much like last year, if he finishes a wide receiver two, it was a hit, which he did. So Dallas hit. Um, this year, if he finishes a wide receiver one, it'll be a hit for me. It'll be very tough, but I'm kind of. I'm just gonna go by ADP, and not ADP. Uh, points per game. Yeah, PVG. Once he's back, if he hits points per game, wide receiver one, I'll fucking take it. Um, I mean. He was hot week one last year. Great game. 102 yards, t- touchdown. After that, some okay games, but I mean, we saw the Broncos play last year. It was a complete disaster. Um, then, then he got hurt, didn't, didn't come back to week 13. I think that's around when Hackett was fired, right? Yeah, right around there. Right around there. So, um, so from week 13 on, um, Jerry Judy was wide receiver six overall in fantasy. 
And that's only with three touchdowns total in those weeks. You would think like, oh, it's probably going to you know, pile on touchdowns. That's n- not the case. I mean, three is fine. Like, DeAndre Johnson would suck a lot of dicks to <laughs> um to get to the to that number these days. But um, just those final weeks just kind of showed he is by far the the alpha in that offense. I know we all love Sutton. I love Sutton too. But it just shows you how great Judy is as a player. And I'm a Sutton truther, and it's it's not a one two. It, it it's Judy as by far the one and Sutton as, you know, just the other guy that plays across the field in my mind. Um, now Sutton's going to get a huge uptick because Judy is now out for the several weeks and Tim Patrick's hurt. Um, hope hoping this, I'm hoping they hold him out as long as possible for the hammy. Cause you don't want to, you know, re-injure that you come back early. You can pull up, right away but if he comes back healthy holy shit I mean he's going to be unreal and at this point his ADP is going to be dropping like crazy with his hamstring injury so you're probably drafting him as a wide receiver two before right now in drafts this coming weekend you're probably seeing him as probably a wide receiver four three maybe to take a shot but probably a bench guy Wait yeah, three yeah, weeks. You could be pushing him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, depending how many teams you have in your league. And it gets hard to 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 lay off these guys. Um, if you have a deep bench in your redraft league, then he's a hundred percent a guy that you draft still and you stash him because when he comes back, you expect him to perform at a high level. Um, if you've got a short bench, like I have a league with only five bench spots, he that's a guy that's gonna drop a long ways because mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to eat a bench spot for a guy that might not play four or five weeks. If that's the case though, you know, you, you stay up to date on the news and you spend your fab money on him early, you know, uh, get him the yeah. week before you think he's going to come back, you know? Yep. Like he'll get drafted regardless, but like, yeah, in a s- six bench league, probably round eight in your 12 team league. Well, uh, your five bench league, probably round 12. Yeah. Like right around there. Which is like, which is a nice difference. Yeah. It does suck because, like, last week we were like, all right, we should do this podcast now or pump JSN Judy. And now it's like, eh, still, still going to talk about him now. <laughs> yeah. A week it's later. Like, <laughs> not, it's not as fun with the hurt guys. But again, I think they're both back sooner rather than later. Like you said, I hope Judy takes his time. JSN's is a little bit easier. You know, if your bones are healed, then you're good. You're not going to get hurt. You can wear a brace on your wrist and you'll be fine. You can't wear a brace for your hamstring and play professional football. So, um. Yeah, fingers crossed. He doesn't turn into Keenan Allen. I had Keenan Allen last year, man. Trust me. I feel like I'm the one always holding these guys. Keenan Allen, hey, Michael Thomas. Once Allen came back, widest for three in the year. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, it didn't matter once he lost me ten games. <laughs> oh yeah, you're in. Yeah. I'm already yeah, out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Other games where he comes back, and even Judy did it to me too when uh, he would come back after the ankle injury and play one drive and then sit the rest of the game. Yeah. You just sit the whole game. <laughs> Don't you, know, me. you know that you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fickle bitch for fantasy, but we love what it. What have they done to us? What have 
<laughs> whole, whole world's so fucking fucked. <laughs> like it didn't know that I, I would have Judy in the eighth round. He could pull a hammy and I would be okay. You, you sure about that? You sure about that? I almost killed myself, Julie. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> uh, uh, love that show. I remember the kids, these guys just always <laughs> fucking showed. <laughs> fucking show jeans. Fucking, <laughs> fucking junk. junk. Jerry Judy. Fucking junk. <laughs> fucking hamstrings. Oh, junk. God damn Judy. Uh, dude, All right. Yeah, but that's uh, that's pretty much it, I think, for the, the sleepers and the breakouts. We'll have the rest of our player picks for you on another podcast, probably coming out next week. Uh, stay tuned for all that good stuff. As always, try to join up in our listener league. Give us a shout-out somewhere. Let us know that you're listening, and we will get you an entry in there. Make sure you have a shot at winning a signed Zay Flowers jersey plus some TSF swag. Pretty much it, guys. For me and Scotty, stay fluid, stay loose. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.